0: Living to be equally yoked. In Easton's Bible Dictionary, a yoke is defined to be fitted on the neck of oxen for the purpose of binding to them the traces by which they might draw the plow. It was a curved piece of wood called an ole. Essentially, a yoke was a harness used by oxen and other animals to ease the work of hauling a load. It was also meant as a designation of servitude and carrying the burden of a task or mission. Hey y'all, it's your girl Casey, and I'm back with another episode. After a brief hiatus, I'm excited to talk about uh, the term equally yoked. Over the past few weeks, I have been really honing in on what it means to be equally yoked, understanding it fully both in the spiritual realm and then applying it to just my life here and how I'm living out being equally yoked, both in relationships, romantic and platonically, um, and, you know, even in my relationships with family members. Um, so let's dive in. Um, I was at an event at church earlier in, actually late January. Um, and one of the pastors, we were, it was, we were speaking about dating, of course. And one of the pastors, uh, came up and he mentioned being equally yoked and, um, of course, in my mind, you know, we all hear it, equally yoked, you got to be equally yoked with your man and your wife, and if it doesn't, if you're not equally yoked, it won't work, and I think we all had, and you know, and I'll speak for myself, but I'll say, you know, I had one perception of being equally yoked, and that was like, we're, you know, we have the same thinking, you know, we agree with everything, and we, we just are, we're in tune with each other. We're equally yoked. We love the Lord. We're praising the same God. We're reading the same scriptures in the same Bible. And we're going to church and we are equally yoked. Like we can go to church together. Um, Which essentially at the baseline of it is kind of um, the gist of being equally yoked. But then there's also so much depth in what it really means to be equally yoked. And for me, um, the, um, catastrophic effect of being unequally yoked can lead me, this is me personally, can lead me into just distress mentally. I feel very drained Um, just not heard, not understood, not welcomed into a space that I feel should, I should be welcomed in if I'm yoked with this person, essentially, right? Um, So the scripture, of course, again, I'm just your typical spiritual girl, loving the Lord. I'm not, you know, your pastor for today, but I'm always going to, uh, if I can bring it foundation to it, I will. And um, as I was researching and just really understanding the term equally yoked, um, of course, the scripture, Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light for my yoke is easy and my burden is light um and as i was reading uh not even as i was reading as i as i was going through the past couple of weeks um talking to my therapist about some things i started to realize you know a lot of my um a lot of my hesitation and even blocks in in life, in my career, in my own perseverance and just self-esteem and go gettingness ness <laughs> um, has a lot to do with my environment, my tribe and making sure that I'm keeping people around me who... I am okay and who really, who really are equally yoked with me, my morals, my values, making sure that we're, we are both making life for each other easy and the burden is light. Of course, for me, for someone like me, that burden also entails having God all up and through everything, right? (laughs) But also understanding that, you know... I need to iron, iron sharp as iron. So just as I'm teaching you and you're learning, I need to be taught so that I can learn as well. Um, And there's so many different situations and just um, things and experiences that have happened in life for me where I believe I've been put in certain situations where I should have let Certain things go, certain friendships go, because of the burden not being, or the burden being so heavy that I felt like I was drained. My energy was depleted. I had nothing more to give. Um. So, as a, again, as I was researching, I saw multiple different things, but one of the biggest things is, um. Of course, in the biblical standpoint, to be yoked to Jesus is to serve and obey him. And I think about in relationships, in friendships, in order for me to fully... So let's break it down. In order for me personally to be in a relationship, a romantic relationship, and for it to be equally yoked, there has to be... A level of understanding that number one, I'm here to serve and obey and submit to the person that I want to be yoked with. To be yoked is to be like yoked. You're in it with this person, right? Like they are your person. And you put full trust and faith in the knowledge that you're learning from them. The knowledge that they're learning from you and the things that you can build and bring and bring up and bring to fruition together. That's a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing. So as I look back on so many different dates <laughs> that I've had, I just can I can understand how the power of being unequally yoked in a relationship or even in dating and in courting can also mess with my mental stability. I can be as mentally strong, like coming into it. Yes, I'm good. You know, I worked through some things. I've gotten the issues together and now I'm ready to date. But then I go into the dating scene and it is so far away from where I am now. But just being able to say, okay, well, I can work with this. Or it's okay, which is what I do. I go on dates, and I'm like, okay, you know, we'll we'll work with this. We'll see how this goes. Only to then look three, four months down the line, and to see, wow, Crystal, you're back where you started. There's this thing, you know, women call it women's intuition. Um, I call it, you know, my spiritual intuition. Um, but I do believe that in any instance, in the beginning of anything, a friendship or romantic relationship, um, and even in family, there's a, a a level of spiritual maturity where you understand and you know, like, this isn't going to work, not condemning the person, not condemning where they are in their walk or whatever are your, you know, your non-negotiables or the green flags or the red flags. But if it's not for you, if it is not for you, then you then have to say to yourself, do I want to go through three months of, of being pulled back because I know that we are unequally yoked or do I want to wait and continue to grow, mature, level up, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. And then when that person, that friend, that lover, whoever comes along and you know it's right, then you can get into that. So, but it's your decision. One of my, my good friends, um, Ryan, she said this past week, you know, um, (laughs) I told her it was caption worthy on Instagram. She said, um, everyone has, circumstances, but everyone's circumstance isn't for you. And I just, I mean, it blew me away, right? Because so the, the, the basis of that, that come that in that, that caption or the uh, quote was, I was talking to her about a guy um, who wanted to pursue me, or he said that he did, um, but then he says, you know, I just want to focus on getting myself together for a family. Cool. So then you're not ready to date. But then he still is wanting to pursue me, wanting to go out and and hang out and all these things. And then he proceeds to say, well, you know, I I don't really have my car right now, and I don't have this, and I don't have that, and I'm trying to get this, Like as As the hours go on, he's revealing to me all these things that he just does not have and the things that he wants to have in place before he can say, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. Now, in my mind, I'm never going to condemn anyone for being where they are. Um, You know, you don't have these things. Focus on yourself, sweetheart, because in my life, this is what I have and I'm going to move in, hmm, how can I say this? I'm not going to dim my light for anyone else. And I don't want to be condemned for being able to have certain things and, 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 and do certain things because of the way that I've set myself up. Um, So anyways, we were having a conversation. My friend Ryan says, I told her, I'm just like, you know, these every like all these guys, you know, they will say they want these certain things, but then their circumstance is not um, evident of what they're saying that they want. Like it's not what they want currently right now, but it's what they want in the future. So I'm I'm tethered between, are you asking me to wait for you? Like, I don't understand what it is that you would want. And I always say, you know, go and get yourself together, and if it's meant to be, you know. God will circle, you know, he'll circle you back around, but for right now, I'm not going to sit and say, oh, sorry, I'm waiting on this guy to, you know, get his life together. And, um, my friend Ryan came with the, the quote, you know, she said, everyone has circumstance, but everyone's circumstance is not for you. And I just believe that that was, that was like the, 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 um, Totality of what I understand of being equally yoked, like understanding that you know, no, I'm not looking for perfection, I'm not looking for you know, any guy or any friendship of any sort to be perfect and to have everything all together and for it to just be uh, sunflowers and rose petals and everything is just together to the T, however. We have to understand that there are some things, foundational things, outside of the not having the car and not having um, your own this or your own that. It's what under un, what um, foundational practices do you have to help you get these things? Are you working towards those things? Are you saving? Are you um, spiritually grounded? are you able, do you have a community of people who are helping you put, put who are putting you, helping you to put yourself in the right position to get what and get where you need to be, right? Um, it's just ironic to me how We can be in this world and want so many things, yet our words are contradictory to our actions. So that's where a lot of the the unequally or equally yoked research stems from. Uh, me really understanding, am I... Accepting less for myself, or am I really trying to just be here and help this person out? And at some point in life, I had to realize you know, it's okay to want the best for people, it's okay to want to help people out and be, um, as my bishop said today, (laughs) it's okay to want to, you know, be the healer. But it's the understanding that you don't have to be the healer. You just need to speak about the healer. And this is me really just getting spiritual. But um, all that needs to be done is for as a as a woman of God and who really just has um, spiritual, really biblical standpoint, understanding that. All I have to do is speak of the healer, speak of the provider, speak of, you know, the redeemer, the the, the one and only God who does these things. And then that will proceed to manifest in whoever's life, friends, foe, boyfriend, family, whoever. These things will come to fruition in their lives once we speak of it because then they start to research and want to know more and understand it or live it or think they start to see how I'm living my life and how things are lining up in my life um it's able to be a little bit more easily uh received in that way um so as the weeks have gone by I had to really ask myself, what what do I want different from my past for my future? And I'm grateful for the church that I am involved in now. I'm grateful for my therapist that I'm working with now. And I'm grateful for the new... um, the new the new friendships the new mentorships that i have been blessed with and understanding that for so many years my my christianity walk was about being perfect and about needing to be this literal example like i am god reincarnated, this is who I am, I don't do this, no, this is shameful, you know, I can't have this, I can't do this, um, I can't speak like this, and I can't dress like this, and this is how things are supposed to look, so I have to embody this, and that set me up for great failure, because the things that I wasn't doing in person, or out out loud, Publicly, were very different from maybe the things that I was doing in secret. You know, um, being involved with a guy who really tore down, or being just being involved with not even a guy, being involved with people and things and environments and places that just wasn't me. And I felt like, okay, because I'm not. You know, I'm not living this boldly out loud. I can do it in secret and I can do it in hiding and kind of dip my toe in and see how I feel. No, those things weren't me, but I felt like I wanted to explore. Young, new to the party scene, just wanting to experience the things that I had once wasn't able to experience freely. Um... And therein line the issue of you know in the world, one foot in the world and one foot out. Um, and really trying to figure out my space of who I wanted to be, who I who I needed, not even who I wanted, who I needed to be yoked with. And for so many years I've I still I deal with certain situations and certain Um, certain thoughts and certain feelings about needing to be surrounded by the people and the things that God needs me to have in order for me to elevate and level up and go to the next level and beyond. And I always find myself back to this very topic, which is, are your yokes that you are, you you are connected to, are they going to the same place? Are they headed in the same direction that God needs you to be headed into? And I know it sounds like I'm, you know, getting into sermon land and preaching, but it really is also about my mental stability. Making sure that I am mentally aware of what's surrounding me. Mental wellness, well-being, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Am I putting myself in situations and places to where it really is a locked-in, like, oh my God, we have, you know, we have some of the same values, our morals are aligned, we agree, you know, for the most part. And even if we don't agree, we're agreeing to learn and grow and mature and understand different perspectives. But ultimately, the morals and the values are still the same. I can positively say that I, that has been a struggle for me for years. Being able to say that I have cultivated a tribe of people where the morals and the values, when it comes down to it, the morals and the values are the, you know, identical or similar, not necessarily identical, but they really have to align. Well, I would say identical. They have to Align in some spaces, um, and I will. I hold the the blame on that because I have, for so many years, been in a place where I'm easy to accept less than God's greatest for me. So when I say equally yoked. <laughs> Um, I just really want to... I want everyone to understand that you have people. You have the people who are for you. And you have the people who may not be for you to be in your inner tribe. You also have the people who just may need to see you from afar. They may need to learn from you from afar. They need to see you. They need to hear your testimony in order for them to be strengthened and built up, in or, and then in order for them to find their tribe, right? And it all boils down to discipline. And understanding that, although the scripture says, you know, his yoke is easy, the word easy doesn't imply simple, but it implies good. One thing I always tell my clients, I you know, I tell my friends, God is not a God of confusion. So the things and the places and the people and the experiences, it all should be a sure thing, a sure foundation. And if at any point, even if you're not, you know, the most spiritually in tune if it if at any point there is an ounce of confusion and you stand on the foundations of God and you stand on the foundations of what his word says, and you know that he's not going to bring confusion into your life and this this is really you know helping me blessing me because. <laughs> I struggle definitely a lot with, is it true? Is it not true? You know, confusion. And I had to remind myself, like, Crystal, you'll know. Because when it comes to you swift, fast, and easy, meaning good, and, and not of confusion, and not of, you know, any other source other than a sure foundation, then you know that it's not for you you know that it's not a peaceful place for you to be. Not at all. And you find rest in that. There's rest in knowing things won't confuse you. There's rest in understanding what your triggers are and what they aren't. There's rest in understanding how to manage and navigate your mental health. There's rest when I go and speak to my therapist who also pours in spiritually to me. There's rest in knowing, wow, you know, this is someone, this therapist was literally picked specifically for me. And I thought the last therapist was the one, but no, I had to go through the road less traveled and, and, and you know, fail tremendously, not necessarily fail, but go through a situation where I just thought, you know, I was done with going to therapy, but then I got back up and then boom, here I am. Sure. No confusion, no doubt, no, you know, misreading or misunderstanding. Like I am sure that my therapist is for me. And although some days I'm just like, Oh my God, I wish we were friends. I know that right now in this season, that that therapeutic relationship is so much more important than anything else, any other relationship that could come forth out of the two of us. So, you know, it's, it's, it's peace in that, in that thinking. One thing that I also learned in really going through um, yoke and discipleship is that it would be so much easier to be able to do certain things just alone and be able to know it and have it and do it. And it's perfect. I've done it. Boom. However... (laughs) We were not called anyone to do life alone. And I think that is definitely a ploy the enemy to let us feel like I'm alone. I don't have anyone. That's definitely where, you know, suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation comes into play. When I was there, you know, my biggest thing was I couldn't talk to anyone. I didn't feel like I could... I could relay what was going on in my mind to anyone. So I felt like the words that were swarming, the thoughts that were swar- swarming, you know, unworthy, useless, those words were, they were my comfort. And it was just me in those words. And I could not involve anyone else in it because I just felt like it's me and these words and these words are ringing true over my life. So, you know, although there are definitely situations where we can be unequally yoked and we can go through the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of life and relationships and breakups and friendship breakups and all the things, ironically, there is so much comfort in being yoked to something or someone when it is a benevolent entity. And we have to learn the ways of living from somewhere and being completely on our own. It can all be intimidating and overwhelming. But, bringing it back to Jesus, He is always offering us an opportunity to learn from Him. To serve a righteous purpose by making our lives easier and meaningful. And again, in that There is peace and there is liberty and understanding that the things and the people that we are blessed to just be connected to, to learn from, to be yoked to the correct people, there's peace and liberty and understanding I don't have to do life alone. I don't have to be yoked to the the lies and the thoughts that swarm my mind. I don't have to be yoked with the lies and thoughts that swarm my heart about who I am. And I know this is definitely a bit of a shift from um, a typical Thriving with a Sprinkle of Depression episode. But this episode will lead us into the next, which really talks about Christianity and perfectionism and therapy Um, counseling in the church and understanding of counseling and mental health within the church because it has been such a taboo topic for so many years and even still to this day there are pastors and preachers and ministers and bishops who are a little fearful of going deep into that conversation because of the stigma of what it is in the church and God is Lord of all, which he is. However, the reality is mental health is real. Mental illnesses are real. And in the world that we live in today, we have to learn how to navigate and also have the the real and raw conversation so that our kids, so that my godson, you know, my future uh, children, my children's children, my godson's children, any, um... You know, friends of mine who have become family, sisters, brothers, my, you know, their children don't have to suffer in silence the way that maybe our parents or our parents' parents have suffered. So, yeah, this is a prelude to the next um, part two episode um, of this conversation, which is really getting deep into the church Christianity, mental health, mental illness. Until next time, you can find me on social media, on Instagram at K-A-Y-C underscore underscore M-S-W and on Facebook, Crystal Curry, K-R-Y-S-T-A-L- C-U-R-R-I-E. Also, make sure you go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple today.